Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. <laughs> Sorry. That's got to be so annoying to listen to. Mm-hmm. I would think so. Sorry, everyone. We're just over here eating crackers and cookies and drinking tea. We're hungry, okay? <laughs> uh, what's up? Um, life. I'm tired. <laughs> I um, I got to sleep in a little bit today, like an extra twenty to thirty minutes because I had a dentist appointment this morning at eight thirty. So like later than I usually have to get to work. Right. And. God, it just makes a world of difference. Sure does. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I feel so much more energized. What time do you typically wake up to get to work? Well, my first alarm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have four. My first alarm goes off at 6.45. Okay. And then I'm usually out of the door by 7.35. Okay. But today, I think I, I, think I got out of bed at like, yeah, 7.30-ish. So I got a... But I still kept my alarms the same. But anyway, it, it still, I just feel so yeah. much better. And women, it's statistically proven that we need more sleep. Oh, I definitely need more than, than men. <laughs> than men, yeah, sure. Okay. That's what it, statistically they said. I think it's like eight hours for women to feel like to where you feel like energized and ready. And I think they need like six. That's not fair. I know. Ugh. I'm with you. I get up at six, between 630 and seven, depending on how late Lucia sleeps. But the last two nights, she, or last two mornings, she's woken up early. Sometimes she'll no. sleep to eight. And I can, like, get up and get some stuff done. Um, this morning, she had, like, a coughing fit at 5.30. So I went to go give her more medicine. And she was, like, awake. And pick up. Pick up. So she got in bed <laughs> with us. He was about to leave. And she just, like, kept talking and talking. And finally, she went to sleep. And we slept until 7.30. We had, like, an hour from 6.30 to 7.30 that we slept. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. So, anyways, no more. Let's let's talk about books. I think everyone is. We're we're kind of like. Mer, mer, hey, mer. at least I said that I was actually feeling energized yeah, today, no, and, for sure, and not complaining about not having any energy, for sure. Um. So somehow we've done it again, and we accidentally read the same book, but. And- it's a good one. It is. Yeah. And you have been bugging me. Like, every time we get together, you're like, when are we going to do another drum book? When are we going to do another drum book? And I'm always like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And we finally did it, but not on purpose. There you go. The universe. So I think I kind of prefer it this way. But <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I just do. I mean, it's neat when it happens. Well, I guess because if we, like, set a specific... I'm such a mood reader that if we set a specific book to read, then it feels like homework to me, and I'm like, I can't get into it. I get that. But if we just happen to read the same book and we both happen to enjoy it, then, like, that's awesome serendipity. I see it both ways. I agree, and I think it's really fun when it just happens. Um, But I also think knowing that we're going to get to kind of converse back and forth with each other, 
with a read that we both read, as long as it's a decent one, yeah, then I'm excited. I agree with that. We've read a few that were like not our jam, and I think that it was less. And I think that's exciting. what keeps me from wanting to do the joint reads. Is like when we do it and it's a mediocre. Maybe book. we need to make sure that it's. Um, you know, like a 4.8 or above on Goodreads or something. 4.8, that's unheard of. Okay, well, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay, but it has a decent rating on Goodreads. Has a really good rating. A really good rating. Yeah, so that we're pretty sure that we're going to at least, even if it's not our cup of tea, it's going to be decently written. Our cup of tea. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the anticipation has been sufficiently built... (laughs) The book we are discussing is The Seven Year Slip by Ashley Poston. And the funny thing is, when I read it, I was like, I want to do this on the podcast, but I feel like Marissa, not too long ago, did her debut novel. But I was like, you know what? I enjoyed it. Who cares? And you read The Dead Romantics and really liked it. I did. Yeah. I liked it. I think I like this one more. I like this one more, too. It's very different, vibe-wise. Yes, because the last one was, like, ghosty, and um, this one is time travel. Yeah. Sort of, in a way. I mean, I prefer time travel to ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I have to choose. I mean, in regard to, you know, a genre of, or a type of storyline, I prefer the time travel. Speaking of ghosts, can I tell you a quick aside? Yes, please. We, so, when we went to Kansas City... Um, last week. So we stayed on the Leavenworth base, mm-hmm. the Leavenworth Army base, yeah. which is known for its prison. Um, I did not see the prison, but um, apparently it's like the most haunted army base in the country or something. And a bunch of the buildings are super haunted. And every year for the week of Halloween, they do like haunted walking tours on the base and stuff. So... My cousin's husband, who is in the army, was telling me about all the different buildings that are haunted. And I was like, oh, is our building haunted? Oh, my gosh. I I hope it is. And, like, talking up this big game. He's like, no, yours isn't haunted. But, you know, the building across from you where I work, that one is haunted. And I was like, oh, creepy. And I was Were like, you being sarcastic? No. I, okay. I, I love that kind of stuff. Okay. But then, like the so we stayed there two nights the second night that we were there I woke up at 2 30 in the morning and I felt like I woke up because something had hit my bed uh-huh. and I all of a sudden like I started panicking that a ghost was gonna appear to me and I could not go back to sleep I was freaking <laughs> out I was like do I close my eyes? Do I get under the covers? Like, I don't... It, and it was... The ACs were so loud in our room. So I was like, if I scream, my mom's not going to hear me. Like, I don't know what to do. I was I was freaking out. So for all of the talk that I was like, yes, I hope our <laughs> building's haunted. And then when I actually thought it was, I was like, I don't want to see a ghost. I don't want to see a ghost. And nothing else happened while you were there that was um, supernatural no, in nature? No, not at all. Okay. And I doubt something actually hit my bed, but it was probably... I probably just like had my phone on my bed and it vibrated from a notification or something and that woke me up and I was like, <gasps> ghost. <laughs> but I'm glad that nothing happened. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just had to tell you that. That ridiculousness. Um, okay, back to the book. This one has no ghosts, but it does have a magical apartment. It does have a magical apartment, which is super cool. Um, kind of. It's a little strange. 
it's yeah um because it's not what you would think you know I guess you would think you could maybe decide to go where you wanted to go in time and things of that nature but this apartment only goes back in time yeah it only goes back in time it goes back in time seven years exactly seven years um, and you only get to go back if the apartment thinks that you need to learn a lesson or there's something that is un- undone that you still have to get through, kind of. Yeah, you can't just like go into the apartment and be like, I want to walk into seven years ago. Right. It's only if the apartment allows it. Correct. Um, so that was an interesting little spin on it. Um, and it definitely, I think, because... It was unknown. It made it a little more interesting of, is she going to walk into the apartment? Is it going to be present day or is it going to be seven years ago? Um, I did like that. So just a little bit of background. Um, Clementine is a book publicist, and she's been doing that for the last seven years. And she's kind of worked her way up. She works really hard. She's a little overworked. Um, And she's up for a pretty big promotion. uh, And... At first, she's like, this is my dream come true. And I think slowly she starts to reevaluate based on her situation. Is this really what I want to do moving forward? Um, every year, she since seven years, she has taken a trip with her aunt, Analia, who owns the apartment in question. Um, and they've gone to amazing places all around the world. And she's really been her biggest cheerleader and who she's most like, um, more so than her own parents and so they've had just a really great relationship but unfortunately aunt analia passes away before the book begins and clementine has come into possession of her aunt's magical apartment which she's heard stories about for years that her aunt would tell her these fantastical stories and she just always assumed they were stories and that's all they were and she doesn't realize that she will travel back in time, just yeah. like her aunt said. So it it's the night um, after she found out that she might be up for this big promotion, and she falls asleep on the couch. She's really sad. Her aunt has been um, had passed away about six months prior to this, and when she wakes up, there's a strange man in her <laughs> apartment, which for anyone would be quite frightening. <laughs> um and she doesn't know what's going on. He starts telling her that he is least is you know staying there for the summertime and that and that her aunt said it was okay. Yeah, he has a letter from her aunt and she's so confused. And then slowly when she starts to look around, there is furniture that's no longer there um, because actual things have happened to this furniture like or or there's like different things where she's like that's whenever it caught on fire and she had to throw it out the window and it's like there intact and She's so, you know, when you wake up, too, from a deep sleep and you're like, what's going on? And then everything is not as it seems. Yeah, that's really um, disconcerting. I do want to go back real quick and say that her aunt um, died by suicide. And I really appreciated, you know, this story is pretty lighthearted and fun for the most part. Um, But I appreciated that bit of seriousness um I think she handled it really well like she handled the topic really well I agree and we don't know that in the beginning right and I I I did not immediately go there right um and so 
we hear the author's note at the end where she discusses a personal experience where she um, has a family situation that also uh, a family member close to her died by suicide. And it happened while she was writing this novel. And so it was really interesting for her to explain that she had several drafts once that occurred, right? The pri- you know, before, during, and after, and the the last draft was what she went with, trying to process that grief. Um, and she was saying she hoped that she did a service to, you know, explain it as well as she could explain it from her own personal experience with it. Um, I feel like she did, and I really appreciated that author's note. It made me kind of like reflect back on the story and think about how well she yeah, did with that same, topic for sure. So I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about the mysterious guy. Yeah, tell us. Um, okay, so Ewan, which when I was first listening, I was like, Elon? Ewan? Surely she's not saying this correctly. Like, surely the narrator got this wrong. But then I looked it up, and it is Ewan. It is a Welsh name, and that is how it's pronounced. But anyway, Ewan um, is this mysterious guy, and he has just gotten to the city albeit seven years ago, um, and he's trying to get a job at a restaurant. He is really into food. He's aspiring to be a chef, and he heard of this dishwasher position at a restaurant that he's really interested in, and so he is going after that job. Um, and so he and Clementine end up really bonding over food and because he cooks dinner for her, and they just kind of click together despite the strangeness of the situation and he is not aware that she is time traveling and that she's actually from the future right um so when she leaves the apartment the illusion is dropped like she it's not like she can walk out into seven years ago it's only the space of the apartment so once she leaves she's back in her current time and goes about her day um, without knowing if when she comes back, if she'll walk into the apartment with Ewan or if she's going to walk into the apartment alone. And then in present day, she has a potential new book that she's trying to get the rights for, um, for this author. What was the author's it, name? James Ashton. James Ashton. Okay, so she's trying to get James Ashton's book. And it's, it's a cookbook because yes. he is a up-and-coming chef who is about to open his own restaurant. Yes. And she starts reviewing the materials for James Ashton and discovers... It's Ewan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No way. I mean, I don't know that we should go much further. No, I agree. I think we need to leave it there because that, yeah. that's the mystery of the book. Uh, but I thought it was so well done, and I loved kind of the discovery of like, okay, how do I tell him in the past or in the present, or does he remember me? Is it yeah. like that was all so fun. What was also interesting was, okay, for him it was seven years ago, but for her it's playing out now. Yeah, it was yesterday. It was yesterday, <laughs> and so some of the thing, some of the situations that have occurred with Ewan seven years ago and then her interactions with James right. Ewan now in the present are a little weird because when she's like well I was with you last night and like he <laughs> remembers and he's like oh you know and for him it's like it's, it's just that has to be a really weird feeling yeah I can't I can't imagine um 
especially the sexy time. <laughs> like, how weird would that be when you are talking to someone in present day and you're like, yeah, it was last night. And they're like, okay, that happened so many years ago. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it was, was, it was seven years ago, you, for me. Yeah. It was really good. I just really liked it. I really liked their characters. I liked, um, the I, development. I of thought Yuan was just such a wonderful hero. Like, yeah, he was just really great and really supportive of her. Yeah. In the past and the present. Right. And I really liked the angle that, um, he was doing this to follow his dream yes but it was also his grandfather's dream um and i thought that was really special the way that they incorporated that relationship and it kind of you know mirrored her relationship with her aunt to a degree it's like the person that knew you the best yeah there was no longer there were a few things that kind of annoyed me there were a few too many like coincidences and connections like we didn't talk at all about Vera, who was the lady that lived in the apartment before. See, none of that bothered me. I liked it. You liked that it was kind of all interconnected towards the end. Yep, loved it. And I thought it was interesting because I wouldn't have picked up on... It wasn't expected, in my opinion. It wasn't like certain things that happened, not necessarily Vera, but like some of the other stuff that happened. I was like, oh, that's cool. I Yes, and I texted Carrie. I was like, I can't decide if... Like, this is actually really well done or if it's too coincidental for me. So, I don't know. I could go either way, but that was – I docked a star for that. Oh, really? See, I liked it. I thought it added to the story. Well, there you go. Yeah. To each her own. But, yeah. So, let's – one, I do think – I do think this is just a really great lighthearted read that has substance that does have trigger warning – um, for suicide, but I just think it was a good book. I thought it had, it had a good feel to it, um, and I would recommend this to anyone who just needs like a good read. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the tea. Okay, this is from a company called Nudity. N u d i t e a, and this particular flavor is spiced chocolate orange, which I haven't even tasted it yet. Yeah, and we um, selected this one for this book specifically because of the orange connection to Clementine, as well as he mentions when he's doing his cooking at the end, like a piece of chocolate at the end to end on like a sweet note or something like that. So I thought it kind of paired really well with the story. Yeah. Um, So I actually got this, um, the mug that I'm drinking out of is from Old Forge Creations, and he did a special, like this is a um, limited edition mug, and he was doing a special where he was selling this particular mug, and you also got like this tea, like it was a package deal. Okay. So this came from England. I don't know if it's available in the United States, Um, but... It says, this warming winter blend combines the wonderfully festive flavors, spelled with a U, of chocolate and orange with a delicious black tea base, combining whole orange peel pieces, fragrant cloves, and warming spices. This is the perfect everyday tea to enjoy during the winter months, which we are definitely not in, all with a special festive twist. This beautiful amber liquid is is best paired with milk for an extra comforting brew. 
and I could definitely see how milk would add to this. It keeps saying winter, warming winter, and I don't think it needs to be. I don't think it needs to be in winter either. So I really like it. It's good. Um, I like it way more than I expected. Because it's not heavy on any of those. Right. They're all very subtle notes. The spice is so subtle. The chocolate, very subtle. Like, I feel like I taste that the least. Oh, I feel like I taste chocolate the most. That's so strange. And the orange is, I don't, that, if you've ever eaten, like, a piece of chocolate that has orange pieces in it, it does have that back-end taste of that. Like, it's, I don't taste them separately. It's together. Yeah. I can, I get what you're and saying. And none of them punch you in the face. Like, it, again, very, mm-hmm. very subtle. Very but smooth. Very smooth, yeah. I like it a lot, and I really did not expect to, which is why it has been sitting in my cabinet for so long, un, undrunk. And it smells, um, it almost has, like, a herbal smell to it. It doesn't smell the way that it tastes, but the smell is fine. Like, I don't have, there's nothing taste or smell that is... Um, you know, not pleasing. It's really good. And I'm sorry I didn't try it sooner. Like I, w- <laughs> I wish I had. Well, it worked with this book. I know. And now I've got to go online and see what other <laughs> flavors nudity has and if they ship to the U.S. Yeah. And if not, I'm going to send Joe a message <laughs> on Instagram and be like, hi, can you mail me some more tea? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this is really great. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, well, I was just lifting it up to take a sip and the paper towel wouldn't come off. So that's why I was just holding it in place. But yes, we can also do cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Ink Drinkers Pod. Cheers! Cheers.